the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, everyone. I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 130 of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including the dumbing down of mathematics in the name of equity and inclusion. <laughs> yeah, big surprise. Uh, that's right, George. As if California's public schools didn't have enough problems academically, falling somewhere between 38 to 44 out of 50 states, depending on which study you read. Its Board of Education has recently approved California's newest math framework, what it calls equity and excellence. And how long is it, Mark? Well, it's a thousand pages long. Say what? Now, I remember, George, when we first talked about the comprehensive sexual education framework, and we were shocked because we both read that framework. Yeah. That was 700 pages long. And then a couple of years later came the critical race theory framework. Ethnic studies. Ethnic <laughs> studies. That was 800 pages long. And now this is the record-breaking one on mathematics. So... George, the fact that it has to be so long tells me they feel that they've got to make these arguments in order to justify what are ultimately terrible policies. And lies. Because what does equity have to do with math? So, Mark, let's unpack that. We're going to unpack it. Well, in the language of, of, the, of the CDC themselves, they say, the vote today concludes four years of work to update math instructional guidance aligned with the California Common Core state standards. Now, we have plenty of objections to Common Core, mm-hmm. as do states across the nation. So that's one problem. Here, again, from the framework. This was astonishing to me that they would even admit this, but mm-hmm. the data is out there, so they had to. They state that the U.S. has long rated below the international average in mathematics on the Program for International Student Assessment, which is commonly known as PISA, and scores have declined since PISA began in 2000. Currently, U.S. 15-year-olds score lower than those in 30 other education systems. And California students score below the U.S. average in mathematics with greatly inequitable achievement outcomes for historically underdeserved students of color and those from low-income families. Say what? Yeah. So they state the problem, and then the solution, George, I predict, is going to be worse than what we have today because it's not about doing a better job of educating our kids mathematically it's solving problems of inequity exactly so it's it's almost like if your kid has a behavioral problem you're not going to be the tough parent that you should be to stand up and bring some discipline right all they're doing here is is basically saying well let's just bring everybody on the same page yeah they say quote all california teachers strive to ensure that every child has an equitable opportunity to succeed but mathematics achievement data shows that on average this effort is not resulting in the success we want for our students 
The differences between white and Asian students and other student subgroups shown in the, fig- in the figure that they show are stark. And indeed, that's true, but there are a lot of reasons for that. Um, we've reported in the past that teachers that perform subpar, they often push these off to lower performing school districts rather than fire the teachers because they have tenure and they, they can't be fired. So they do have some good ideas, George. In fact, they cite five components to this new math framework. And they are um, planning teaching around big ideas. Okay, well, I don't really have a problem with that. You know, big ideas that students can relate to in culture and somehow you using mathematics to talk about these big issues. Of course, it depends on how it's done. But by itself, that's not necessarily a bad idea. Number two is using open and engaging tasks. All right, that, that could be okay. Number three is inviting student questions and conjectures. Well, that's always good if students have questions. Number four is prioritizing reasoning and justification. Okay, now, George, we start to get into some problems because the goal in mathematics ultimately is to get to the right answer. There are a few disciplines in academia that is more precise or demanding that you get the right answer than mathematics. And to prioritize the reasoning that goes into a particular algebraic formula or calculus or trigonometry or even basic arithmetic, if it doesn't lead to the right answer, George, that's problematic. I agree. And then finally, we get to the last big component, which is the major driver behind this entire framework now, is we need to teach toward social justice. Say what? How do yeah. you how do you convert math into a social justice tool? Well, they tell you uh, teaching towards social justice urges educators to empower learners with tools to examine inequities and address important issues in their lives and communities through mathematics. Teachers can begin with awareness that mathematics plays a role in the power structures and privileges that exist within our society and can support action and positive change. And then they talk about culturally responsive teaching. Now they're bringing the ethnic studies flavor into it. They are indeed. And finally, multicultural children's literature can also be used to connect learning mathematics with students' cultural experiences, empowering students with tools to examine inequities and address important issues in their lives and communities. This is now the goal and whole premise behind the new mathematics framework in California. Yeah, I'm just still curious. How do you, they say teachers must use mathematics to analyze and discuss issues of fairness and justice. How do you use one plus one? How do you use advanced calculus? Like how do you, how do you use any of that? I mean, do you just like come up with word problems that say, you know, 352 Antifa rioters, you know, in L.A.? Like, what what do you bring in there? I think that's exactly <laughs> what they're, they're, they're trying to do. Well, again, the, the good news is the, the framework actually works as guidance to teachers. Individual teachers in school districts, they're not required to follow this. They do not have to, but most do, unfortunately. Yeah. And... Uh, We do live in California, by the way, so this is a very progressive-leaning state, and I anticipate that most teachers and school districts are going to try to follow the new curriculums that are coming out in support of this policy. 
But George, uh, this is so controversial now that there was an, an effort put together by the Independent Institute to poll leading academics in mathematics and science and in business to find out what their opinion of this new framework was. And they actually penned an open letter uh, to anybody who's interested in reading it. And wow. we're, we're going to read it here because we think this is so important. You can find this online. Just go to Independent Institute uh, or search for the open letter and you can find this. But let me, I'll just start reading from the, the first paragraph here. Here's what they say. California is on the verge of politicizing K through 12 math in a potentially disastrous way. Its proposed mathematics curriculum framework is presented as a step towards social justice and racial equity, but its effect would be the opposite, to rob all Californians, especially the poorest and most vulnerable, who always suffer most when schools fail to teach their students. The proposed framework would, in effect, demathematize math for all the rhetoric in this framework about equity, social justice, environmental care, and culturally appropriate pedagogy. There is no realistic hope for a more fair, just, equal, and well-stewarded society in our schools. Uproot long-proven, reliable, and highly effective math methods and instead tried to build a mathless brave new world on a foundation of unsound ideology. I, I love that statement there. A mathless brave new world. Yeah. Brave new world was a book written by Aldous Huxley. I think it was published back in the 1950s that presents this dystopian culture that we are very quickly, uh, uh, materializing uh, in American culture. And this pushes that along. They go on to say that a real champion of equity and justice would want all California's children to learn actual math as in arithmetic, algebra, geometry, trigonometry, and calculus, not an endless river of new pedagogical fads that effectively distort and displate actual math. The proposed framework, and here are some bullet points of what it proposes, promotes French teaching methods such as trauma-informed pedagogy. Yeah. Um, I mean, think about that. Trauma-informed pedagogy. So this is what the framework says. We're going to use traumatic experiences in kids' life to form this narrative about how we approached mathematics. Mathematics, as you, you and I know, George, because we're both engineers in our undergrad programs, it's highly rigorous. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is so much there that to be able to master it, you need to focus on the essentials themselves. So diluting the teaching of mathematics with these inequity narratives is just going to compound the problem. It's not going to help. They go on to say it distracts from actual mathematics by having teachers insert environmental and social justice into the math curriculum. It distracts from actual mathematics by having teachers develop students' sociopolitical consciousness. And this is really important because now all of a sudden K-12 through kids who are supposed to be kids, who are supposed to be enjoying their childhood, are basically going to have CNN blasting at them through their teachers' mouths 24-7 for 13 years of their life. That's not what children need. That's not only what children don't need, but this is uh, part and parcel 
of the entire education philosophy that seems to be at work in California. You know, teaching academics is not about learning real stuff that you need to know to operate in the real world. Mm-hmm. Reading, writing, and arithmetic. George, as we often quote, the literacy right now in California is lower today than it was in 1840, before the Say imposition of what? compulsory education. That's true. That was done by the Literacy Project. All our academic performance is underperforming most states in the country. California is between 38 and 44 out of 50 states, and yet they keep pushing these woke policies. Here's another point that uh, the writers from the um, uh, independent uh, state, it distracts Oh, you just read that one. It urges teachers to take a social-oriented perspective at any grade level, K through 12, and explicitly rejects the idea that math itself is a neutral discipline. Wow, that's shocking. Math doesn't understand color. It doesn't understand economics. It's just, it's very basic. They go on to say it encourages focusing on contributions that historical, historically marginalized people have made to mathematics rather than on those contributions themselves, which have been essential to the academic discipline of mathematics. It rejects ideas of natural gifts and talents and discourages accelerating talented mathematics students. And here is, I think, one of the big, big setbacks of this new framework, right? Because you do have naturally gifted people. We've had the gate program, right? Yeah. And so what do you do with those kids? I mean, who are solving algebra and geometry in fourth and fifth grade? Well, according to this framework, George, you don't want to have any disparities in groups, right? Everybody has to be the same. Everybody has to perform to the same level. So they say here it encourages keeping all students together in the same math program until the 11th grade and argues that offering differentiated programs causes student, quote, fragility and racial animosity. So so maybe what they're trying to say here in very fancy words is we don't want those smart Asian kids, you know, to be that far ahead of everybody else or those Eastern European kids. You know, we just want to pull everything back. Okay, now it finally makes sense because back in 2018, when I first knew about the Red for Ed movement by the teachers union, they had these red t-shirts with statements like, you know, love is love, no person is illegal. And one of the other statements that was there was, Asians are not the model minority. (laughs) The most racist statement on that shirt. I have yeah. pictures of it, uh, and we, we could show it on, on video. It's absolutely crazy, and I didn't understand back then what they have against Asian people, uh, but that's so racist. Yeah, it's transparently racist. They go on to say, George, that it rejects the longstanding goal of preparing students to take Algebra one in eighth grade on par with high-performing foreign countries whose inhabitants will be future competitors of America's children, a goal explicitly part of the 1999 and 2006 math frameworks. Yeah. They say, we, the undersigned, disagree. Mathematics is a discipline whose language is universally accessible with good teaching. The claim that math is not accessible is an insult 
to the millennia of non-Western mathematicians and erases the contributions of cultures around the world to mathematics as we know it. Large numbers of students in developing countries are currently succeeding in advanced mathematics and American industries have been put in the position of having to encourage them to come to the United States to work because we're not sufficiently educating our own kids. They go on to say, We believe what infusing mathematics with political rhetoric is alien to mathematics as a discipline and will do lasting damage, including making math dramatically harder for students whose first language is not English. I'm sorry, I disagree. English was my third language. I never had a problem with mathematics. Uh, We believe that all students, without exception, have natural gifts they can use to learn school mathematics, and therefore all students are harmed by refusing to recognize students' giftedness. We thus find it immoral and foolish to intentionally hold back the intellectual growth of students by forcing them to waste time in unchallenging classes. Those who are ready to move up should do so. They should not be held back for fear of recognizing the existence of differences in giftedness, differences which are a reality in every human endeavor. And they go on to conclude, we believe that the modern world of science and technology and of constitutional democracy, human rights, and expanded opportunity for all arose largely because societies learned to value inquiry that was disinterested, meaning, George, objective and neutral, rational and coherent. It arose by moving away from judging ideas on the basis of cultural origins and group identity in favor of judging them according to their real merit. And merit is something that is being completely lost in education today. We believe, therefore, that this proposed framework must be replaced with one that will truly serve equity and justice by living up to the very moral aspirations this framework rejects. Amen. I, I couldn't agree more with that last statement. Uh, this is going to hurt immigrant kids big time. There's no question about that. Um, this is not going to help uh, the lack of math performance in our underperforming schools. Um, it's going to give, in fact, an excuse uh, for these schools to continue non-performing. Um, in fact, we're getting a- away from grading it itself. Uh, you're seeing more pass-fail. We're seeing more grades based on the effort that you put in rather than the, the work that's actually produced. George, this is a disaster for our future. And if you're wondering, well, actually, who signed on to the statement that we just read from? Uh, so far, it has received uh, over 1,200 signatures. Uh, highly uh, uh, vaunted academics from virtually every college in the state of California. All the state colleges, all the University of Californians, including Berkeley and UCLA, as well as private institutions, academics from USC, Caltech, Stanford, Lawrence Livermore Labs, even companies have signed on to this state, like Apple, Jet Propulsion Labs, Qualcomm, who actually hire scientists and engineers that need to know real math. And because we don't, we're not producing them enough in America, they're having to get them from overseas. 
And I, I wonder how Romanians teach math in Romania or Indians teach math in India. Do they care about all of this social equity and, you know, social justice stuff? No, they don't because it's all a farce. Yeah, I mean, we've often stated the statistic, George, that America outspends virtually every developed country on earth when it comes to mathematics. But there are non-developed countries that outperform us now. They don't have nearly the resources or funding that goes into education that we have. And yet they seem to do a much better job, despite their poverty, of Mm -hmm. educating their children in mathematics. So, Mark, what do parents do now? I mean, this framework passed. It's been adopted. The All the curriculum providers are going to now change all their math textbooks to be compliant with the framework. And then the school districts who are using this, these curriculum providers have nowhere else to go. What can parents do? I mean, where, where are we at? Well, George, as you and I have discussed many times on this program and elsewhere, we think the ultimate solution to this is education choice. We need to end the government monopoly on public education. And a government monopoly is the worst that there is. So there are initiatives that hopefully are going to come to California. We've tried them in the past. We didn't get enough signatures on the ballot. Uh, But these are voter-led initiatives. We think there's one coming for 2024 that will give parents the ability to use their taxpayer dollars to educate their children the way they see fit, meaning private institutions. And we highly encourage parents to watch for those. We are going to publicize them um, on our website at Protect Our Kids. now.org. So please uh, go to our website and stay tuned to these. George, another thing that you can do if you have the financial wherewithal is to get your kids out of the public school system. I hate to say it, but this is something that all parents of children in primary and secondary education should strongly consider. This is going into effect and you have very little power to change this unless we change uh, our elected representatives and that's going to take time. But in the meantime, your kids are being subjected to these kinds of uh, framework. So parents, we encourage you to go onto our website, uh, protectourkidsnow.org. We have a lot of great brochures, a lot of videos that you can watch on all of these topics. They're short, you know, 10 minute videos or less. We also have them in multiple languages so you can share them with the immigrant community that is Catching on slowly but surely, you know, I see a lot more, especially in the Latino community, they are catching on to this and and they are seeing how they are being lied to. Um, So uh, please go to our website. You can also subscribe there to our uh, emails so you can get notified on a lot of the the latest things that are happening. Um, We also encourage you to share our videos. We make them very easy to share. We also have a YouTube channel, so you can share them from there. Uh, We are on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, and on Instagram. Uh, Go there, share our content uh, to spread all of this news out to the rest of the nation. We want to make sure that parents are informed about what's happening. And we also want to let you know about a booklet that we created on how to start an alternative school Uh, in your church. Uh, And this is especially for pastors or for church leaders, for children ministry leaders. 
Uh, it's a 10-step guide, very easy to read through on how to start an alternative school. And DOK would uh, gladly come alongside your ministry there uh, to support you and help you understand how to take those next steps in happening. So uh, thank you very much for uh, listening to our podcast and for sharing them far and wide. Uh, we will talk to you next time on Say What? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.